today about every tongue and every nation. And uh, if you have your Bibles, Revelation chapter 7. It's the last lesson and we end with scripture from the last book. Revelation 7 verses 9 and 10. Just hard to imagine, comprehend all the things that John saw that the Lord showed him as he wrote this book. But um, here he sees a vision in heaven. And he said, after this I beheld and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all, that's a big key word, all nations. Just three letters, but it means all. It means what it is. All nations and kindreds and people and tongues. They stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hand, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation. This is every nation and every tongue and all crying salvation because salvation is for everybody. Salvation to our God. People that don't look like us, but we all, they say, our God. People that uh, come from a different land, saying it in a different language, our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. So today we're going to talk about a multitude of believers. Let's pray for the lesson this morning. Jesus, we thank you for your word. Thankful for this glimpse into heaven, what we're going to experience one day. And Lord, bless our hearts to receive your word. We want it to find good ground today and grow in us. We want to be better, be like you, and surely be ready to meet you when you come. We ask it in Jesus' name and everyone said amen. Give the Lord another hand and a shout for his word this morning. What a great God. We sure love the Lord this morning. Appreciate him. You can be seated. Thank you for being in his house today. We started out this series. Our first lesson was about an all-inclusive church. And then we begin to move on how to work and operate in this church. And we talked about overcoming prejudice in our second lesson knowing that uh, there are things that culture can deeply seat in you that we need to root out so we can make sure that we include everyone and let everyone know that they are welcome into this gospel, into this message, that the blood of Jesus can be applied to anybody. And can it doesn't matter who they are, what they look like, that the blood of Jesus cleanses anyone from their sins and then last week we talked about uh, loving people and that actions speak louder than words. Words are easier, much easier than actions, but uh, it is the, uh, you know, we can say one thing and do another if we're not careful. We want to do what we say. We want to make sure that our actions line up with our words and that they go hand in hand with our words, that we don't uh, just uh, flatter people with our mouth or encourage people with our mouth, but we're actually there uh, to work with them, pray with them, love them, include them. Our actions, they should see us actually loving our, each other and loving other people. And all that uh, comes to the conclusion of what we will see in heaven one day, the same thing that John said he saw 
a great multitude which no man can number. You and I do not have a say in who gets there. No man can number it. There's a lot of things that men know, but there are a lot of things we don't know. We don't know the day or the hour of his return, and we don't get to decide who goes to heaven. Uh, it's a number that no man can number, and that doesn't mean for the amount of people. I don't believe because, hey, you can, you can sit long enough and tally up anything, but it's a, it's a number that man, he, I believe, that he's saying that no man can number this. No man is one. I'm not going to be standing by the gate saying, well done, enter in. It won't be you or I. It'll be him. And so he'll be the one with the clicker as they go by. He's keeping up with the count. He knows who's going in. And so I always often wondered. I don't believe that he just saw generic faces. I, I believe that the Lord showed him that actual multitude. I preached a message years and years ago. Did John see you there? And, uh, you know, because he saw the multitude, he saw they were different and he could distinguish them enough to know that they were from other places. And, and maybe they weren't all from his time period. Maybe it was people from, maybe he saw somebody, you know, with, you know, with one of these 80s hairstyles and he, and he was thinking, man, uh, Something going on in the future, I guess. Uh, I hope the Lord helps them with that. But anyway, that uh, you know, heaven's going to be a place. When we think about heaven, you know, we think about uh, streets of gold, or it actually doesn't say streets; it says a street of gold, uh, the gates of pearl, the all the different things. You know, we think about the patriarchs that we would like to see and, and speak with. Maybe we, we think about. David and Moses and Joseph, maybe uh, Paul and Peter, these different ones that, and then our own loved ones that have left this earth that we have said goodbye to here, knowing that with the hope that we would see them again one day uh, after we are caught up in the air to meet them. And so uh, thinking about that, of course, mostly we want to see Jesus. We think about a land with no tears. Well, man, I tell you, it's amazing that we're going to be able to be in that place and there be no tears, because. I, but it will be that joy unspeakable and full of glory to finally see the Lord, be able to see Him, the One who saved us. The Bible says we would receive the the end of our faith, even the salvation of our souls, and one day we will see the One who loved us and gave Himself for us, and and that's going to be a great thing. And to hear Him say, "Well done." Good and faithful servant, enter in. That's going to be a great day. And, and so and then to see all this, but then to see the things that John writes about here and as far as you can see people, uh, you know, as far as you, just all around you, people, white robes from every kindred, every tongue, every nation, and, and everybody with one voice and I don't know what the language and things are going to be. I don't know how that's going to work at that time. Uh, but I, it'll be one voice. And it'll be us lifting up and singing salvation to our God that sitteth upon the throne. And we're going to be there worshiping the King of Kings. We're going to see people. I was just talking with Brother Marcus about this. I said, it's going to be amazing to just be in heaven and know everybody. You know, you'll know everybody. You won't meet a stranger in heaven. 
The Bible says we'll be as him when we get there. We'll, we're going to be like him. He knows everybody. We'll know everybody. Somebody walks up to you, what's up, David? Hey, Peter, you, you, you ain't going to have to ask where they are. Point them out. I want to find. You'll know them. You'll, you'll just know your brothers and sisters. This is the church. And, and so he sees this great uh, picture and, 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 uh, of heaven. But this, this work that's in heaven, it didn't start in heaven. I, I preached, you may remember a few years ago, from this thought about there's a picture in heaven that was painted on earth. Uh, sure, it takes Jesus to make that happen. But it will be by the hands and the workers and the laborers of the church that those people are there. And, and so while we wait for this sight and we wait to see these things, we catch little glimpses of heaven on earth here. And, you know, we, when you're out, when we were in Colorado, I'd never been out, out, of, out to Colorado, never saw, they just, I'd always saw pictures. Pictures cannot do it justice. It's, I'll just tell you that. But at one of the first places we stopped where you really had this view that was almost unbelievable, we were standing there, and I told my wife, I said, it will literally bring tears to your eyes. It is so beautiful. I said, now, because I was just thinking, I know who made that. <laughs> and that's when I was looking. I was just thinking, I know who formed all this. And I know who put this here. And, I, and it just, it, it's overwhelming. And, and you just get a little glimpse of, of heaven sometimes with the things you see uh, in his creation, how beautiful the the heavens can be sunsets a lot of times and sunrises and, and the northern lights, things like that that you see. And, but even more than that, when you see someone, as we did last week, filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, we see a glimpse of heaven. That's our hope, that seal of redemption. That's, that's that promise. That's what's going to catch us off this ground one day and, and, and get us into that place. And the Bible says without his spirit, we're none of his. So we, we realize that people being filled with the Holy Ghost uh, you know, that, that's a, a glimpse of heaven. And then, if you've ever had the opportunity, uh, as we have had in times before, that we could uh, go to somewhere, maybe like the North American Youth Congress, and be 30,000 people, young people, people of different ages, of different races, different genders, different states, different countries, all in one time, lifting their voice up to worship the Lord. That's, that's just a little glimpse of what it's going to be like one day. If we'd all had white robes on while we were there, it would have been a little more. But you, know, it was, uh, but you see that and you hear that and, and you feel like, man, I'm just about to lift out of here. And as great as that is, we see that picture of heaven. But I will tell you again, it was painted on earth. What John saw was the church. When he saw those saints, he saw the church. Jesus said, I'm building this church. And he is the builder. But you and I are workers together with him. And we're the laborers. And for that to happen there, it's got to happen here. For John to have ever seen what he saw there, something's got to go on here. And that means that you don't just work in one area. You know, in, in this life, we have people who the only thing they do in construction, I'm an electrician. That's all I do. I don't, I don't drywall. I don't paint. 
I don't nail. All I do is wire things. That's their specialty. But it ain't like that with the church. When you become a laborer in the church, you work with people. And that means you work with young people or old people. You work with guys. You work with girls. You work with people of other cultures, of other countries, of other nations, of other races. Yes, you do. With different educations, with uh, different, come from different places in life, and you've got to be ready to work with anybody. Because let me tell you, everybody that John saw ain't got a college degree, didn't have a college degree. He didn't see them, and it didn't look and see, hey, that one right there on the front row, they were a millionaire. That one on that row, he was a scientist. That one on that row. Uh, but you know what? Somebody standing on the front row used to be a drug addict. Yeah, somebody standing on the front row used to have a, a lot of sin in their life. And, and you realize that when you see them right there, where well, they cleaned up, they're all, all wearing white robes. They're all singing praises. And so you're not thinking about that, but that's where they came from. They were worked on here so they could be the building up there. Oh, we got to get busy working on the building. We used to sing the song, I'm working on a building. Well, it ain't just fixing uh, ceilings that people fall through. I'm talking about fixing lives and, and putting the building, the church. Uh, yeah, he's building it. He can, he's the only one that can wash them. He's the only one that can fill them. He's the only one that can save them. But you and I can get them here. And you and I can help keep them encouraged. And you and I can love on them. And we can tell them about the Lord and preach to them. You know why there's people standing there that John saw? Some of them are standing there because of a Bible study that somebody taught. Some of them come out of a tent revival. Some of them come out of a, a, a brush arbor. Some, some of them come out of uh, somebody preaching to them on the street. They, they, some of them are there because somebody handed them a track one day and told them, hey, you need to find a church. Some of them were there because somebody just invited them and said, hey, you know what? You're worth my time. Somebody's there because you just loved them. Somebody that you helped is going to be standing in that crowd because you took the time to tell them about Jesus. And to get there, we're going to have to get past prejudice. We're going to have to make sure we are loving in more than word, but we are loving in deed. We have got to be uh, there's a song that got to be the hands, got to be the feet. We got to be the hands, the feet, the mouthpiece of the Lord and tell somebody because guess what? He doesn't show up down here every week in the flesh again to preach. He's not going up on the mountains and drawing multitudes and telling people and preaching the Beatitudes again. He said, I put my spirit in you so you could be a witness unto me to the uttermost parts of the earth. And that crowd, guess what? There's people from Georgia. I'm telling you, there's going to be somebody from Covington, Georgia in there. There's going to be somebody from Lexington, Georgia, from Madison County. Yeah, there's going to be some South Georgia uh, people. There ain't be people from Alabama's going to be uh, in that place, from Louisiana's going to be. Yes, sir, they're going to be there. Yes, sir, they, they're going to be there. There's going to be folks that you, uh, hey, you remember, that, what's that little place over there in Athens, Scott, what they call the Iron Triangle? It might be somebody from the Iron Triangle over there. Be somebody that spent a lot of time living in the alley going to be there. But it ain't going to be because Jesus dropped down out of the sky and went and found them. It's going to be because the one that he filled with the Spirit went and found them. Talked to them, prayed with them, believed with them, helped them somehow. You just never know uh, these little things that we do are all part of the building. 
And that's what we see, that there is a multitude in heaven. Sure, they're going to be there. But guess what? They, it wouldn't be there without what we're doing here. Jesus gave us the building plans. He, he, he reckoned it to a harvest and different things. And, but when he told Peter, upon this rock I will build my church, but in another place he said, I'm praying for laborers for the harvest. Harvest, you know what you're doing? You're harvesting material for the building. Whenever you reach a soul, you're just harvesting material for the building. Yeah. Uh, we were talking with someone this morning, said he that the Bible says, He that winneth souls is wise. Now it's but it's not going to be about the tally. You know, you're not going to have a better seat in heaven because you, you prayed with 40 people and somebody else only prayed with two. It ain't about that. Every single person, one at a time makes up the building. Just like in a regular building, it's one brick at a time. And, but every, take, take two or three of them bricks out, you got a problem. Now you got a hole because you need every one of them. I need 50 bricks. I need them one at a time. You know what you ain't doing? You ain't putting five bricks together at a time. One, one, one nail at a time. Whether it's through a gun or a hammer, pow, 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 one at a time. One board at a time. You ain't putting up a board over here and a board over there at the same time. You got to get to that one, then you got to get to that one. And it's one at a time. I was, I was telling Sister Jessica this morning, I said, you know, it ain't like the Lord's going to be standing as I, as I come walking through the gate and there's going to be like a loudspeaker going, here comes Pastor Walden. <laughs> he baptized 595 people, preached 10,028 messages. You know, it's not going to be like that. It's, it's, there's no, he knows everything I've done, but it's not for, for an award. I'm, I'm going to get the same reward as somebody. If somebody answers the call to preach, preaches one message, one soul saved, he gets the same white robe and the same crown. He will hear the exact same word. Well done. If they come in at the 11 o'clock hour, they're still going to get the same reward. And, and so... I, uh, what I need to make sure I'm doing is that I am working on this building. God plans on people being with him in heaven, and we are the avenue uh, to help get them there. That's why the church cannot just enclose themselves and stay locked up and, and, and just keep to themselves. You won't last long like that. The natural course of time will take care of that because people are gonna, if, if the Lord tarries, people are going to die. Anything this week has taught us people leave this world. Four, four days and four people that we know left this world. Four days since Wednesday. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, four people we know have left this world. It happens. So if, if, if a church just shuts the door, locks in, stays together, one at a time, they're leaving. And eventually there's nothing there. That's why we've got to reach people. We've got to reach out to people and, and keep because the Lord wants people saved. He wants them to be with him in heaven one day. This plan has been in the works uh, for a while. It started, you know, that this church started, it even started with, with uh, people who were not even really a people. Abraham. You know, when we think a lot of times, our, our mind, because we know he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, so we, we think, you know, it's to the Jew first. But you know, there was a time when there wasn't no Jews. It was people. <laughs> when he called Abraham, Abraham wasn't a Jew. There was, there was no Israel. 
at that time. Israel didn't come along until after Jacob. But he called a man out of a pagan country. said, I'll be your God. And you need to go to the place that I tell you to go. You got to leave these people behind and go where I tell you to go. And, and he didn't just tell them to go, but he said, you'll be a father of many nations. He, he made this promise to Abraham and to Abraham's wife, Sarah. In uh, Genesis 15 and 5, he, he told Abraham, he said, just go ahead and look. Uh, look now toward the heaven, count the stars, and if you're able to number them, he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. And then he said in, uh, in Genesis 17 and 4 that I have a covenant with you and you shall be a father of many nations. Well, Israel's just one nation. But he said, you're going to be a father of many nations. And then he told Sarah in um, 17 and 16 that I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations and kings of people shall be of her. We know that uh, it started with Abraham and it started with Israel, the promise. You know, of course, Abraham and Sarah tried to make this uh, thing happen on their own and they, uh, because Sarah could not have children, she gave Hagar, uh, her handmaid, to, to Abraham and said, here, uh, at least have children through, through her because I can't take not having children so let's do that and Ishmael was born and Ishmael was blessed of God but he said in Isaac shall thy seed be called it's going to come through Isaac and that's where the promise is going to be that's where the covenant will be at and then of course Abraham, Isaac then Jacob was born and Jacob wrestling with the Lord and God tells him you, you won't be Jacob anymore but you'll be Israel and you'll have uh, power and and he began to raise this nation up. Of course, they go through their times in Egypt, and he brings them out and gets them into the promised land. And, and Israel is always, you know, Israel was supposed to be a light to the other nations. He didn't get Israel just so only Israel could be saved. Israel was supposed to be a light to other nations. Remember, we read in one of our other lessons how that he told them, you, you honor and love the stranger that is among you because you were a stranger one time in the land of Egypt. And, and he, he said, you, you treat them as your own. You love them as yourself. Uh, and they were supposed to be a light, but they disobeyed God and wouldn't follow God's plan. And then the, the promise gets in peril because they're not doing the things they're supposed to do. And uh, even in the time of Isaiah, he would write to encourage them to, to, that God will come through, that God will deliver. But they were losing hope because they were in captivity and they were enslaved, and they were, uh, again, they were under somebody else's thumb. But he told them, Isaiah wrote to them, told them, God's going to come through. God will save the Lord. That's what Isaiah's name means, the Lord will save. And his, in his book, he kept reminding them, trust God in troubled times. God will come through. And then he began to write to them to not lose heart because they were wondering, can we in this captivity even hear from God anymore. And if he is powerful, how come all these other foreign uh, nations are taking control of us and, and holding us down? But he, he began to prophesy in Isaiah uh, 53, 11, and 12 about the Messiah. And he, he said this, that he shall see uh, of the travail of his soul and it shall be satisfied and by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. The Bible says by the obedience of one, many were made righteous. He's talking about Jesus. 
He said, my righteous servant, go back to that one, sis. Uh, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he has poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressors. So Abraham's going to be the father of many nations, and this Messiah is going to be the savior of many nations. And, man, I'm glad today that it doesn't matter. You know, you and I, the, where we were born, that's just chance. We didn't have any say in that. We were born where we were born. But I can tell you this. There may be a lot of opportunities naturally that you don't have because of where you were born. But there is one opportunity that is to everyone that draws breath. And that is uh, the opportunity to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. That is to be born again, born of water, born of the Spirit. That is to, to believe the gospel and be saved and to be with him one day. And I can tell you, he don't care where you were born. And he don't care about your education level or your bank account. What he cares about is your soul. And he poured out his soul unto death so that we could all be saved and that we could fulfill that that. Beautiful picture that John saw in heaven, but the work's going to be done here on this earth. That's why he has a church today. The church is not just a good place to sing songs. It is a great place to sing songs, but that's not the sole purpose of the church. Uh, camp meetings and revivals are wonderful. Love them. Not the sole purpose of the church. If any activity we do does not lead to someone drawing closer to God, it is ineffective. Every, every message we preach, every lesson we teach, every program we put on should be showing someone the love of God, helping, helping someone. Oh, is that you? Okay. I'm going to keep my BB gun up here. That's a joke from our childhood. He got the worst end of that. Um, I was somewhere. There you go. Listen, God wants us to labor in this kingdom work. Because souls are leaving this world every day. There's not a single soul that will leave this world unloved. There's a lot of people that feel unloved. But there's, he loves all of them. I've, I've, you know, the realization is this, is that people will go, they will go to hell. They will spend an eternity lost. But they will not go into eternity unloved. Because he loves every one of them. I want to make sure they don't go unreached. I want to do my best to make sure that, that somebody has spoke to them, acknowledged, acknowledged them. Guess what? Acknowledge people because we were all created in his image. Yeah, somebody, some people's lives have been harder than others. That's not a reason to exclude them. Some people are not as wealthy or, or as well put together as others. That's not a reason. Some people just... Man, they're strange and they're quirky. But that's not a reason to exclude them. Some people are, man, they just, they, they, people are different. 
personalities are different and things are different, and, and that's not a reason to exclude somebody. Uh, and, you know, and, and guess what? Nobody's sin is worse than the other. Now we, now, we humanize that because we think, oh, no, well, let me tell you, me, me stealing something is not bad as murdering somebody. Well, you know what? The Lord don't see it that way. Well, me just telling a lie, that ain't the same as, as killing somebody. The Bible says all liars will have their part in the lake that burneth with you. Know, because all of it, it, to him, he said, if you offend in one point, you're guilty of all. It all adds up to the same thing. So you, so you don't get to say, well, you know, I, yeah, I, I might have told a little, I might have been a liar, but at least I wasn't a thief. Well, well, what about the man who says, well, I might have been a thief, but I wasn't a liar. I admitted to everything I stole every time they caught me. You know, so, um, you know, so we know that people are going to be there. And so we've got to get, you know, we used to hear, I need a burden for souls. I need a burden. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's, it's time that we begin to get a burden for souls again. And, and instead of making, you know, instead of, uh, you know, making, having, you know, we about having Sunday, well, let's have a Sunday school drive. Okay. But do you have, you know, so are you just trying to get a number or are you trying to get souls? See, uh, let's have this and let's, let's do this on that day and it'll bring everybody. Well, when you get them there, are you got them so you can preach to them and show them the love of God or are you just going to bring them there so you can say, we had this many today. It can't just be about numbers. It's not the, the, the you know, it's got to be about people who matter. And we've got to find out, you know, what we can do to get people in here and get them to fall in love with the Savior. People need to fall in love. They need to meet him and fall in love with him and start a life with him. And, and we, need, you know, we always say, I don't want to be just a number. Well, guess what? Neither do they. They don't want to be just a number either. They, they want community, fellowship. They want somebody to show them love. They want to feel like they're a part of something. You know, we've had people that are in this church now that before they got here, they didn't feel like they were a part of anything. And what blew them away was that people loved them and made them feel like, hey, I've known you all my life. Just met you, but I love you. You know, I, I know people say, well, you can't just love people. Well, you can. Uh, I, that little sign I've seen several times lately says, if, if you can hate people for no reason, I can love people for no reason. Except there is a reason. I love you because Jesus loves you. I didn't say I was in love with you. I said, I love you. I'm in love with her. But I love you, every one of you. And that's the thing is, is that, you know, yeah, you, you might get a restraining order against you for it, but, you, you know, for just telling people you love them all the time. This guy keeps following me around. Every time he sees me, he tells me he loves me. But so you show them. By kindness, speak to them, compliment them. I, man, I, she's not in here, but my daughter and I just spent a couple of days. We took a dad-daughter trip and went down to Florida. And, and I, I promise you, I, she was like this as a little girl, though, even as a little girl. But she does not go in a place of work, a, a restaurant, a store, convenience store. I don't care where you go. She is going to compliment that cashier, 
or janitor or whoever's standing there. Tell them to have a good day. Every time we got off a ride, thank you. They're just doing a job. She's, thank you, have a good day. She must have said that 8,000 times while we were down there. But she does that to people, and she looks at them when she does it, or she'll say, I like uh, your hair, or I like that blouse, or like, just something to compliment. Just make somebody feel like somebody sees them. And, yeah, we never see, may never see a single one of those people ever again, but, you know, somebody in that day, and maybe others did it too, hopefully they did, but at least one person made them feel like, hey, I see you today. And that's what it is. People are out there feel like they're just invisible. They need somebody to see them and see them the way Jesus sees them as people worth saving. And so for us to ever think that this, and it's so, and it's so weird and twisted how these groups, you know, like especially they get together and they think we're the only culture or the only race that's going to be saved. Really? Have you even read the Bible? Any of it. Have you read any of this Bible? It didn't. It started with Abraham, and, and Paul wrote to us and said, Abraham is the father of us all. I know the Jews, the Pharisees, love to claim Abraham's our father. Yeah, well, guess, guess what, Mr. Pharisee? He's mine too. Y'all, and y'all have a good day. You know, it's, <laughs> he's mine too. And uh, he's my, because through faith, that faith, Abraham believed God when he knew it was impossible. How physically it's impossible. The scripture said he was as good as dead. That's how the scripture described him. And so it was past, Sarah was past the years of, of giving birth, but God, with him, nothing is impossible and nothing's too hard for the Lord. Hey, when he told them, they both laughed. The, I don't know what mental picture hit their head, but they both laughed. Said, ha, 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 yeah, ain't happening. But he said, oh, it'll happen. And about the time of life, she, she bore a child, and it started right there. But it said, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. He did not stagger at the promises. And so we can't stagger at the promise either. He, he was talking about the promise of you'll be a father of many nations. I can't stagger at that promise either. I've got to realize it's going to be many nations and it's going to be people. And let me tell you, God will put people who are not like you right in your path to see if you are kingdom minded. Yeah. Yeah. He's going, he's going to set you in a place where you come right into a, he might put you in a classroom with a bunch of people that ain't nothing like you to see if you are kingdom minded or you're going to be trying to transfer so you can get into a class with everybody like you. Oh, we got to stop being scared of one another. We got to stop being afraid of people who are different than us and look different than us and talk different than us. We've got to stop being afraid of people and realize that we're here. Uh, our mission is to preach the gospel to people who are not like us. Sure, we're going to preach to people who are like us, but it can't be just one. He didn't. He didn't take a brush and, and dip it in one can of paint and say, all one color. Oh, no, that palette's got many colors. He, he's like one of them artists got that big thing with all the colors, and he's just dabbing on every, every color, every nation. I'm going to get a little bit from here, a little bit from there, every one of them. 
And what a beautiful picture it is. What a beautiful picture it is when God gets done with it. What a wonderful picture he saw in heaven. But that work started here on earth. And it started with you and I, with us, people that we've known that have gone on, people that preached to us that may not even be here today. If I get there, and I pray to God I will, and I have plans of being there. I can tell you right now, it's because Brother Everhart preached across this pulpit, the plan of salvation to me, and I heard the voice of God, and I found an altar of repentance, and I gave my life to him and was baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and I, I got there because of him and his words. And, and there were a lot of other people that have influenced my life, but that man, my pastor, preached to me, and I heard the words, and I, I obeyed the gospel. And that's what it takes to be saved. We must not just believe the gospel, we must obey the gospel. And the scripture says, what will be the end of them who obey not the gospel, not who believe not the gospel, but them that obey not. And so I'll be, be there and, and maybe I'll be standing right behind him. You know, how it's going to work. How it'll be. Will it be tall and short people? We're going to all be the same height. It might be hope for some of y'all yet. You won't have to be on the front row no more so people can see you. I love you, Mama. And Sister Mabel. Oh, I done started something. I better move on. Maybe we'll all be as tall as Nathan. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know how it will be. I know it'll be a new body. I know it'll be, we'll be like him for we shall see him as he is. But wherever we find ourselves in that crowd, what a place to be. What a place it's going to be to finally be where Jesus is. Oh, to lay down trouble and trial. No more praying for deliverance. No more cries for help. Nothing but salvation to our God that sitteth upon the throne. What a, what a great day that's going to be. Honey, come on up to the music. Thankful today. Man, where is everybody on that side of the church today? Sick. Everybody's sick. The kingdom is not simply a work of the flesh, but it will be a work of the spirit. But it will take place through us who are now in the flesh working and reaching for people getting people here get them to where they need to be I want to be part of the work I want to help uh, because I, I, now that we, we see a glimpse of what heaven's going to look like I want to try to mirror that here on earth so that it'll be ready to go when Jesus comes back. Let's stand together this morning. Thankful. There's a phrase that you will read when you're reading in the book of Revelation. In Revelation 5 and 9, 7 and 9, 10 and 11, 11 and 9, 13 and 7, and 17 and 15, you'll find this phrase. Every nation and tribe and language and people. Over and over. But you'll also read that there's a competition there's a competition for the beast 
that is mentioned in Revelation to exert authority over the nations and the Lamb who is gathering people from every nation. There's a war today for the souls of men. There are two worlds fighting to get you. One because it hates you and the other because it loves you. There was an old saying, I don't know, I've heard it was an old Indian proverb. I've heard all kind of things. They said there was a man said, I have two wolves inside of me that are fighting. And he said, well, which one wins? He said, the one I feed the most. Well, if there are two worlds pulling at us today, the one you feed the most is the one that's going to win. And if you feed the flesh, the flesh is going to win. And this world's going to get you. But if you feed your spirit, if you talk to God, if you stay in fellowship with God, if you, you walk as you should walk, if you, the Bible says, hunger and thirst after righteousness, you shall be filled. If you're doing those things, Jesus is going to win out. And you'll find yourself standing in that heavenly choir one day. So let's lift our hands and ask God to help us with that today as we're dismissed. Lord, we love you so much. Thankful that you've provided an opportunity that we might be with you together one day in heaven. Lord, I know you said you went away to prepare a place that where you are we may be also. I want to meet you there. I want to, I want to be there with you, God. So Lord, help us today to feed our spirit. Lord, to deny our flesh. Lord, to love people, to help work on this building and get people ready for heaven. Lord, let us be laborers for the harvest. We know you're coming again soon. Lord, we want everybody we can to go with us. We ask it today in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Would you give him a hand clap and a shout of praise? Don't you want to go? And don't you want to take somebody with you? Praise God. The Lord's good to us today. All right. Let's work on the building, folks. The next service started at 12, so let's find a place to pray before the next service and just be blessed by God. Amen. God bless you.